are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are. It is a Wednesday, which means it is another Locked On Podcast Network Wednesday crossover episode. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers. I am with, no, not Adam Schefter. I'm with Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Cody. How are you, sir? Hey, hey, man. It's always good to be on here talking football with you. I was kind of teasing all week to the listeners of Locked On Broncos that today's episode you know, it would feature Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and, you know, on the same <laughs> podcast together. But uh, it's definitely, you know, the not Adam Schefter, the not Ian Rappaport. But uh, yes. a- awesome to talk Broncos, 49ers football, obviously with your listeners and, and Locked On Broncos listeners alike. I hope we give them a good show. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always fun. And uh, these teams, uh, interesting matchup here, especially with the way that the season is going for the Broncos and you kind of counted them out for a while with the way the Chiefs were playing and they're in the hunt with the playoffs. I just saw a, uh, I think it was USA Today, had a um, a power ranking and the Broncos were like top 10. They were 10th, I think. And <laughs> at 6-6, six and six, it's like, what's what's the path to the playoffs right now for the Broncos? It's going to be tough. You know, essentially you have to win out. You know, I think the Broncos might only have room if they're, you know, in this four-game stretch that they have remaining. You know, it it does have some favorable matchups on paper for them, but really the the hope is that they win out and finish the year 10-6. and If they can do that, you you have a big chance to take a wild-card spot. You could still get in at 9-7, and but it'd be much harder. I, I think along the contingencies, the Ravens would have to probably win some key games and win that division and and you just got to hope at that point you hold the tiebreaker over the Pittsburgh Steelers you could push those guys out as well so I think really uh, I think Broncos fans are going to be rooting for the Ravens for the next four weeks you know they have a tough one this Sunday against the Chiefs but yeah you know the the Broncos season didn't really start off the way anybody expected you had a 2-0 and start and then you had a slump from that point forward you go into the bye week and and really there's just not a lot of hope and you know a lot of people are talking about well you know are the Broncos going to fire Vance Joseph and and really, John Elway and the Broncos, I, I think, look like geniuses right now because they didn't give in to the demands, that, you know, with the, uh, you know, the angry villagers with the pitchforks and everything <laughs> like that. Because the Broncos and Vance Joseph and this coaching staff have done a very phenomenal job of keeping this team focused, and and they're competing. You know, Brian, I think we go back on the season and we look at them against the Chiefs. They compete in that game and in both games essentially. You know, they don't they lose by a combined, I think. 10 total points in both, you know, if you combine both matchups against the Chiefs, they lose that heartbreaker on Sunday night football late. And then, you know, you play the Rams 23 to 20, you lose to them by three points. So, you know, the Broncos have played really good against good teams and they've had a couple games slip through their hands, the Jets game, the Ravens game. But really, I think right now the Broncos open up after the bye week with focus, you know, a tough road win against the Chargers. And then, you know, against the Steelers, they have a huge win. And then on the road this past Sunday, you know, you go out there and uh, you, you beat the Bengals who, you know, they don't have Andy Dalton or A.J. Green. But in the National Football League, you can't make excuses. you got to go out there and you got to compete. And, and really the Broncos are riding on that. And now they got a tough matchup this week against the 49ers. Yeah, and the match, well, I don't know how tough it is actually for the Broncos with the way the 49ers are playing. And uh, the Niners really are in the mode right now where they're kicking out a bunch of rookies, and which is awesome for me because I think it's important that they get this um, they get this experience and starting with the young players, let's actually start with the 49ers offense here. Um, 
so Nick Mullins, a quarterback, obviously the the undrafted free agent last year, getting his shot, and he's got a few starts under his belt. Uh, it's been up and down. It's been tough because now he's he doesn't have either of his starting wide receivers, or he hasn't the last couple of weeks. In Pierre Garcon and Marquise Goodwin, both out. We'll see if either one of those guys are back and ready to play this week. But last week, the rookie wide receiver. Dante Pettis showed up, and he had a big game. And so I think those kind of things are really important right now for the 49ers and building on those things into 2019. And Kyle Shanahan said as much. He's like, look, we're eliminated from the playoffs. A lot of what we're doing right now is for 2019. So he even admitted that. And so that's where the 49ers are right now. And we'll get to the predictions later. But um, talking about Nick Mullins, I'm a little bit scared about him getting rushed by the stud edge rushers that the 49ers or that the uh, that the Denver Broncos have right now. But um, the, the the Niners have been able to run the ball. And another rookie that's getting in there is Jeffrey Wilson because Matt Breida was banged up last week pregame. He hurt his ankle. Has been dealing with a bad ankle all year. And then Jeffrey Wilson, undrafted free agent, just like Matt Breida, the undrafted free agent, shows up and and ran pretty well. He's running at a six yards per carry clip for a lot of the game. Ended up with I think. 4.1 yards per carry, but ran hard. And uh, the 49ers, it's clear, going to be able to run the ball. So it's it's like the Shanahan magic, that Shanahan magic on offense. They just hit their teams run the ball. It was the same with his dad. It's the same with Kyle, that outside zone scheme. They're going to run the ball. So my worries with the 49ers offense is the passing game and, you know, just the young receivers and, and taking their lumps as they developed Richie James, getting a lot of run in the slot as a seventh round pick. You got Kendrick Bourne, who was an undrafted free agent last year. So uh, that's what the 49ers have been running out there without Marquise Goodwin and without Pierre Garcon. So my, I, w- I want to put this over to you. What is Nick Mullins going to be looking at when he drops back? He's got Bradley Chubb, the rookie, coming from one side. And then he's got, of course, Von Miller coming from the other side. Uh, is that going to be a death sentence for Nick Mullins on Sunday? Well, I tell you what, you know, I think if you're any quarterback, whether you're a veteran or a young guy like Nick Mullins, anytime you have good pass rushers opposite of you on each side, you're kind of you're a little anxious. And right now, the Broncos have the best pass rushing duo in the National Football League between both Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Von Miller is now at 12 and a half sacks on the year. Bradley Chubb's at 10. He's four and a half off from that rookie record set by Yvonne Kurse. Uh, it's very attainable, too, with the way that he's been playing. And and really, they both. They've had a sack in every game, you know, in the last seven games. These guys have really come out and had a sack. We saw, you know, Bradley Chubb last week towards the end of the game against the Cincinnati Bengals come out and tomahawk Jeff Driscoll and force a, you know, a strip fumble. He recovered it. You know, Von Miller, we've seen him get to the quarterback. And, and really, so you have those two guys on the outside. But really, for the Broncos, he's been causing a lot of havoc on the interior and he's been a hero for the Broncos the last couple of weeks. Is Shelby Harris has uh, really come out of his own. He had that game inter- you know, game-winning interception against the Steelers in the goal line, and then he had a tremendous sack on Jeff Driscoll last week. He dropped him back for about ten yards, and and really the Broncos have been dialing things up defensively. They're very disciplined. You know, you go up the first, the last two weeks, um, you know, previous two weeks against the Chargers and the Steelers, you give up over four hundred plus total yards of offense to Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. And then you hold, you know, Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals to under 350 yards. That that's a goal. That's a win for the Broncos' defense. Their idea is to keep everything in front of them, rally, and then be stingy. You know, bend but not break. And and I, I think in this one, you're going to have those guys coming after you know Nick Mullins in this game. But you know, I think also you have to look out for uh, you know Greg Kittle. You know, at tight end, the Broncos historically in the past have had a hard time covering tight ends and. 
You know, we had Will Parks, safety for the Denver Broncos, on our show this past week for his Keeping It Will segment. And, you know, he talked about, you know, any time you go against any tight end, any player in the National Football League, it's, you know, you can't look at a team's record and overlook where they're at. They're still a good football player. They're professionals. You know, they have the same exact job and responsibility that he has as a player. And and really, Kittle, he's been Nick, one of Nick Mullen's biggest targets this year, close to 1,000 yards receiving on the year, big vertical threat for them. You know, this is a matchup where I, I think they're going to try to look at that a little bit. And, and I would be eager to see what Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers offense do against this Denver Broncos defense because at cornerback, they're going to be lo- they're, they're not going to have Chris Harris Jr. out there. He suffered a small uh, fracture fibula in his right leg in Cincinnati um, this past Sunday in the first series defensively. So huge loss for them. They're not putting him on IR. The hope is if the Broncos make the playoffs, he'll be back, and he could be back and ready for Week 17. That's just the talk. You know, he's very optimistic about that, but – you're going to see Bradley Roby at cornerback. Uh, also look for rookie cornerback, and I, I know we've talked about him in the offseason, but Isaac Yadam is going is finally getting some run for the Broncos at corner as well, so he's going to step up big time. The Broncos just brought in Jamar Taylor, former Arizona Cardinal, former Miami Dolphin. He's going to get some reps as well, but you know they have that, and, and the hope is that Tremaine Brock, and you guys know who Tremaine Brock a little bit oh, yeah. because of his time in San Francisco. He's been dealing with a rib injury. Who knows his status, but it would be big if the Broncos had him back, obviously. But they've been going young, and the young guys are getting their feet wet. And, and Isaac Adam got thrown into the fire against the Steelers going against Antonio Brown, and he did a really good job, actually. Didn't surrender. I think he only surrendered one catch for 14 yards. But outside of that, he uh, he covered Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster pretty well late in that game after Tremaine Brock got hurt you know, with a rib injury. So... Secondary-wise, you're going to see a lot of that from the Broncos. They're going to get Brandon Marshall back this week, but don't, I wouldn't look for him to start depending on if Josie Jewell is able to play or not. He's been a, another rookie guy that has stepped up for the Broncos. And, and defensively, offensively, the Broncos have really been helped out a lot by a lot of rookies. So it, it's been kind of fun to watch. A, a fantastic rookie class, by the way, in Denver. I mean, like applause on that because obviously Bradley Chubb and uh, the 49ers rookie right tackle that's going to be a huge uh, a huge matchup for him going against Von Miller I think the biggest test easily in his career so far as a rookie uh, Mike McGlinchey is going to be uh, seeing a lot of Von Miller I'm, I'm thinking on Sunday so that's going to be an interesting one but man that rookie class in Denver is crazy Bradley Chubb you got Cortland Sutton um, yeah, we'll talk about the offensive side of the ball in a second, but Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and uh, Lindsay wasn't even drafted, right? He was undrafted free agent. So, like <laughs> you mentioned, Josie Jewell and Isaiah—is uh, it Isaiah or Isaac Yedem? Isaac Yedem, yeah. Isaac, yeah. And so uh, I know he was one of the favorites of of uh, Eric Crocker, who's a defensive backs ex- expert and a former uh, NFL DB that comes on my show, and uh, I know he liked Yedem a lot. So, just a crazy good rookie class, and I know. It's hard for rookies to show up in the NFL and play amazing right away, but I think you're probably seeing a lot of the fruits of that now With as the year goes on and more rookies feel more comfortable. And when you have a big-time rookie class like that, just look at what it's done for the Saints this year in that huge class they had in 2017, and they're all in their second year now. Uh, that's, that's a foundation to build on. I think it really does destroy the narrative too, Brian, that you know rookies can play. I think you know there's, a, there's this uh, stigma in the NFL that – if you throw rookies in right away, they're you know it's gonna it could it's gonna kill their development and then they're not gonna last long in the National Football League. That that's true in some extent. It depends on if they're a good fit for the system and for the Broncos. John Elway really nailed this draft. You know, a lot of people graded him as an A after the draft. You know, your your first pick, Bradley Chubb, 
huge monster pick. Nobody expected that to happen. Nobody expected him to get to number five to Denver. And then you go on and in your second round, you get all these other picks. You get, you know, Cortland Sutton uh, in your third round. You get Royce Freeman. You, you know, I, I think overall for this Broncos team. And then you go on and you get Philip Lindsay late. You get uh, Josie Jewell as a late linebacker. These guys have all contributed for the Broncos right away. I mean, it's been very special to watch these guys grow. You get Deshaun Hamilton as well. The Broncos are having a lot of contribution from young guys. And so really this team right now is being built around, obviously, the core nucleus of veterans of Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., the, the culture in the locker room. People are starting to finally buy into what Vance Joseph is having to say. And, and I, I tell you what, I give Vance Joseph and the coaching staff a lot of credit with what they've done. This Broncos team started off very shaky in the first half of the season. They are a much better team in 2018 than they were last year. They're much better coached. They have uh, I think more people just bought into the culture. For me, that is huge with this team. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to uh, talking about what we're going to see from the Broncos offense here in just a segment here on the Locked On Broncos, Locked On 49ers crossover series. But, Brian, we got to tell our listeners of the show about our sponsor, and that is MyBookie. Now, guys, with MyBookie, you can discover a wide variety of ways to win cold, hard cash today. Right now, I'm telling you, MyBookie features awesome, highly interactive features that make fantasy football, and the concept of winning money even better. Now, you can also make live in-game bets during contests. If the Broncos 49ers game's going on you want to make a live in-game bet, it's a third and ten, and Nick Mullins and them have the ball, you can make a bet that maybe Bradley Chubb is going to come around the edge for a strip sack, or you can bet if you're a 49ers fan you have the optimism to do that, that Nick Mullins is going to connect for a first down. You can win money by doing that with my bookie, and you can even bet on the total number of fantasy points a player may score in Sunday's matches. But don't wait. Head on over to MyBookie right now and make a deposit. When you make a deposit, they will literally match you dollar for dollar when you use promo code LOCKEDON25. That's promo code LOCKEDON, the number two, and the number five is one word. And if you make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, MyBookie is going to throw you free additional money at the sum of $25. So turn your $25 of free play into $125 with MyBookie today. Visit MyBookie and use promo code LOCKEDON25 to get in the game and make money today. So, Brian, we talked a little bit about what we're going to see from the San Francisco 49ers and, and you know, the, the young nucleus that they have. The season hasn't necessarily gone the way that I think 49ers fans, or I think even people in the NFL community, I myself, I didn't think that the San Francisco 49ers were going to experience a lot of the adversity that they have. Losing Jimmy Garoppolo, that was a huge blow. You, you know, you have injuries left and right. You have to throw a bunch of young guys in. You're dealing with some locker room distractions that are no longer there, which I think could be a good thing for the 49ers, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, what they're trying to do. They're doing things the right way. You know, I, I think this organization will be back in a year or two. I think they're going to be building necessary pieces, as you mentioned. Kyle Shanahan says, you know, we're playing for 2019, getting a lot of these young guys some reps, getting them some experiences going to help. And and I think the 49ers will be on the rise, and, and I, I firmly believe that. But taking a look at this matchup, the Broncos offense, you know, Case Keenum, a, a guy that's been around the National Football League, had a tremendous year for the Vikings last year. I know we talked about him during the offseason uh, when the signing happened, but you know, the Broncos have some changes, too, offensively. You know, last year it was C.J. Anderson and Devontae Booker at the running back position. This year, you have Royce Freeman. And, you know, I, I'd say the star of the show offensively for the Broncos is Phillip Lindsay, the undrafted rookie sensation out of Colorado. They call him the pit bull in the locker room. 
you know, I went to training camp this summer and watched and practiced, watched these teams, you know, watch the team scrimmage each other and, and play. And Philip Lindsay wore number two. And, and, and I'm telling you what, I'm watching the first team unit. I see a number two guy go in, short guy, and he's got poofy hair. And you just <laughs> see how explosive and springy he is. Broncos defensive players, you know, Derek Wolf, Domata Pecco, they're like looking at each other. Who is this guy? He was making a lot of explosive cuts, and and now the NFL world knows who Philip Lindsay is. His story, unbelievable. It's crazy to think he didn't get a combine invite. It's crazy to think that he went undrafted, but a lot of NFL teams overlooked him due to his size. But I tell you what, you watch him on film, he is absolutely dangerous coming off of a 157-yard performance, two touchdowns against the Bengals. He is a weapon. But what, what do you think in this matchup, too, before we get to the wide receiver position tight end for the Broncos? Defensively, when you look at the 49ers, who are they going to try to have stop Philip Lindsay on the edge, on the outside, and when he likes to spring it up through the interior as well? Yeah, well, luckily the 49ers might have a good formula for Philip Lindsay because they have their own rookie that's had a really great year, and that's third-round linebacker Fred Warner. So uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup there, rookie on rookie. And Philip Lindsay, who's coming up on 1,000 yards now as a rookie, uh, 937 yards, I think it is. So um, I, I, it'll be a challenge for the 49ers to keep him from going over that 1,000-yard mark on Sunday. Um, but Fred Warner's been awesome for the 49ers in the middle. He's got the green dot on his helmet, and they've challenged him from day one to be the guy that's that's calling the plays out there. And obviously without Reuben Foster now, even more is going to be on his shoulders. And so they got the veteran next to him, Malcolm Smith, playing uh, in, in that weak side linebacker spot. But uh, one thing the 49ers have not had was has been an outside pass rush, and it's been something I've talked about a ton on the show, talked about it, how they didn't address it in the offseason and how you know they still don't have those edge rushers, and that's going to be huge for John Lynch in the offseason is to add those edge rushers. But what they do have is a bunch of big defensive ends, and what that does is it bodes well against the run. So when you've got 280-plus pound defensive ends and you've got an all-pro uh, talent and a Pro Bowl talent in, in DeForest Buckner in the middle – that really helps. So they they can they can stop the run. That's that's one thing they've been good at. On the back end, they've struggled aside from Richard Sherman covering guys, and um, I think they might have trouble with backs out of the backfield occasionally against the against the pass more so than the run. Although last week was really the first week, and it was you know the best run team in the NFL was the Seahawks coming in, and, and they showed that they could run on the 49ers too. So um, there's a chance that Philip Lindsay is able to have a little bit of success, but I, I think it's one thing the 49ers defense has done pretty well, especially earlier in games. They come out stout, they come out strong, they come out fast, and they come out violent, which is one of the things that that defensive coordinator Robert Saul loves to preach is, is violence and, and playing fast. And they do that usually, especially early in games. And if the offense can stay on the field and keep the defense fresh, I think that really helps them keep that style of play up for four quarters. But those big ends have really helped them stop the run. But getting after the quarterback, you know, obviously looking at the Denver Broncos, it makes you salivate as a 49ers fan looking at a Bradley Chubb and a Von Miller and all the talent they have coming off the edge because that's one thing the 49ers defense is definitely lacking. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about with Philip Lindsay, like how obvious was it how early that he was going to come in because people were drafting Royce Freeman, the third round running back, super high in fantasy drafts. They thought he was going to be the new bell cow back for the Denver Broncos. How long did it take for everyone to realize, oh yeah, it's Philip Lindsay. It's not Royce Freeman. Oh, it didn't take long at all. I mean, it, this was a training camp thing. It was a preseason thing for the Broncos. Is they knew that with Philip Lindsay right away. You even had defensive players saying, oh yeah, he's going to be our, he's going to be our premier back. And, and Royce Freeman 
was the guy that he had a lot of success in the preseason. He started off, and really with the Broncos, they have a smash-and-dash combination between Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Unfortunately for Royce Freeman, he experienced an ankle injury a couple weeks ago, and, and Philip Lindsay has just been the hot hand. So he's been getting a majority of the carries, and Royce Freeman is second to him, and, and rightfully so. Philip Lindsay is an undrafted free agent, is just 63 yards away from reaching 1,000 yards rushing. The Broncos haven't had that in quite some time. And, and a little interesting stat note here, too, is Philip Lindsay is definitely in the conversation with often, you know, with rookie of the year. You know, there's a guy, yeah. Saquon Barkley in New York, who plays in a bigger market. He gets exposed, but I, I tell you what, compared to the exposure, Philip Lindsay, though, he is generating a lot of talk around the league, and, and people are starting to talk about him. He's definitely got a, a legitimate chance to win that Rookie of the Year award. He's put in the work. He's you know won Player of the Week multiple times. He's probably going to walk away with it again this week. Uh, but an interesting note about him is he leads the NFL right now with 6.1 yards per carry. That is unbelievable. I mean, he's just so springy and so explosive. I mean, you've watched film, Brian. You, you've seen just how explosive he is, and you're wondering, like, how can this guy run that fast? How can he just bounce <laughs> left to right and, and inside the holes and squeeze through it and get, you know, what looks like he's only going to get two yards, turn it into a five- or six-yard pickup? That, that's that been Philip Lindsay's motto all year. He's just a he's a pit bull, as yeah. the Broncos defensive guys call him. And, and really, you know, we talk about the rookie theme for the Broncos. Broncos, you know, you have Emmanuel Sanders as the number one wide receiver. He traded away Demarius Thomas. But Cortland Sutton, another rookie, a huge guy, had a big week last week against the Bengals, over 80 yards, had a touchdown catch. He leads the NFL right now with 19.9 yards per catch. He's a big play guy. Case Keenum loves to throw it over the top. He loves to just throw jump balls to him. And he's a guy that is deemed as a 60-40 guy, and it's less likely that people are going to ever get that 40% chance to jump on him. So we've seen a lot of NFL defensive backs either hold you know, Cortland Sutton to prevent him from catching it, you get a P.I. call, you get a holding, or he catches it and you get a holding call, and he just makes big plays. I mean, he's a big play wide receiver, and, and I don't like comparing him to these big guys, but when we look at a guy like Cortland Sutton, I think a lot of an Andre Johnson type guy back when Andre Johnson was – in his prime and, and absolutely tearing it up in Houston. Cortland Sutton reminds me a lot of Andre Johnson. And uh, I, I know, you know, this is an interesting story here to kind of piggyback on the Niners defense in the secondary, but former Broncos safety Nick Ferguson is a coaching intern down there for the 49ers. And, you know, he, he him and I have been talking quite a bit, especially after the, the 49ers and the Chiefs played that game earlier in the year. And, and it kind of gave us a little bit of an insight on what to expect um, from Patrick Mahomes and them. But, you know, I, I think in the secondary-wise, who do the 49ers have that can match up or at least try to create different matchups with Emmanuel Sanders and a big-play guy like Cortland Sutton, where you also have another young guy in Deshaun Hamilton and the slot that can make a lot of things happen? Yeah, it's it's been – and the way the 49ers' defense runs is it's similar to the way they did it in Seattle with uh, Richard Sherman. Is He just stays on the left side, and that's it. And so one thing that that does is it locks down that one side of the field because teams don't really want to throw that way. And so what happens is they just throw the other way. So whoever's been at that that right cornerback spot for the 49ers has been exposed almost weekly. Uh, but last week, Akella Witherspoon, the second-year guy, he's got all the length, all the speed. He's got these great feet for being six foot three. Like he's got, you know, he used to play soccer. He's just got these really nimble feet, which is one of the things that you see about him. In, you know, when I, in the draft, when I was looking at Akella Witherspoon, I was like, wow, okay, when you're six three and you have that length and these long arms. And you can move your feet like that. He's got long speed, too. It's like, okay, 
that's something. And that's what the 49ers saw in him. And he's been a little bit slow to develop, showed some signs last year. And then I think he just didn't play with as much of an edge early on this season. And he's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, but last week he had probably his best game of the season against the Seahawks. And the, and the Seahawks didn't have to throw a lot because they were running the ball pretty well. But neither Richard Sherman nor Akel Witherspoon gave up many catches. And so that's that's a very good sign that if he continues to develop. And, and I think it's it's maybe mental more than anything. Is he, he's got to play with that edge. And you talked about Philip Lindsay being the bulldog. And, and when you're undersized like Philip Lindsay, you've got to play with an edge. And um, I think... Akella Witherspoon is learning that right now. And, and, you know, development is interesting in the NFL. Some guys aren't ready. Some guys are ready early. Some guys it takes a while. And so I think the physicality is something. And just just, just playing with that edge and being competitive down in and down out, like a Richard Sherman is, I think that will help him out so much. And it's so key for playing that cornerback spot. And then they've had just a ton of injuries aside from that. And so uh, last week they had Jakowski Tard, who's been strong safety all year. He's been dinged up a lot, too. They had him starting at free safety, and then they had the rookie Marcel Harris playing strong safety because, again, they're trying to get their rookies some looks. So uh, aside from the lack of development from some of the young players and then all the injuries, it's just been really rough aside from Richard Sherman, and he's even missed some time too because of injury. And that's absolutely crazy to think about. You know, I think the injury bug, it just it stinks overall for every team. I mean, the Broncos experienced that last week. Chris Harris Jr. goes down. Derek Wolf goes down in that game. You lose Josie Jewell in that game as well. It's just every year an NFL team, you know, it tends to get hurt the worst with injuries. And we've seen that to be the Chargers in the past. But, you know, luckily for them, I mean, that hasn't been them this year. You know, you look at the 49ers, you look at the Broncos, you look at a lot of these other teams have just been decimated by injuries. And it certainly counts for something. But I think, you know, really seeing where the young guys stand and which young guys can contribute. And, and you know, obviously it's a next-man-up mentality in the National Football League, and, and both these teams have to do that and embody that. And I know the, the 49ers are looking to respond after that very tough loss to the Seattle Seahawks, and the Broncos want to continue to focus one game at a time. You know, and it all starts this Sunday with the 49ers. So uh, here in a second we're going to talk about our predictions for the show, kind of talking about what if, you know, for the teams to win. But before we get to that, I want to remind you guys that the Locked On NFL Net Twitter handle is absolutely clutch. I, and I'm going to tell you why. When you are tweeting on Sundays and you're looking for a game to happen, you got to go to Locked On NFL Net, where you get all the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL team. You're going to get Brian and his live in-game tweets. You're going to get my live in-game tweets on one single feed at Locked On NFL Net. This is amazing during games. Anytime there's breaking news or just to get the local perspective. And on Instagram, Locked On NFL Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and the longer cuts of those stories on your feed. So make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram today. All righty, Brian. You know, we got to talk about, uh, you know, what, what each team needs to do to come out with a victory today. And I, I don't always like starting this out, so <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna forward this one to you first okay. off. But for the 49ers to, to win this game against the Broncos, what do they have to do? I think one of the things the 49ers have to do, well, you have to look at the two times they did win this year. And so uh, one of those was against the lowly Raiders, and that was uh, Nick Mullen's start and his first career start. And... Uh, what they did was, it, it, 
Well, first of all, they, they run the ball. So they have to continue to be able to run the ball like they have all year. And that's not the thing I'm necessarily worried about. Although, you know, that, that Denver Broncos defense is not a bad defense at all. So it's not going to be easy. You, you know, you're not just gifted yards in the NFL. So the ability to run the ball last week, the 49ers offensive line took a step back in pass protection and they've been really good in run blocking all year. They've been pretty good, not as good. Pass blocking is run blocking, but they've been a pretty good pass block. Like the offensive line has not been the problem for the 49ers in 2018. But Nick Mullins got hit 15 times last week, and he had not been hardly touched these first couple of starts. So they, they've got a they've got their work cut out for them against Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and the rest of that front seven for the Broncos. So that's going to be a big one is keeping Nick Mullins clean. And I gotta believe Kyle Shanahan is going to be dialing up a bunch of quick hitter plays, you know, some screens. And they, they ran a few screens with, you know, some success last week. So some quick screens, some quick slants, trying to get the ball out fast so Nick Mullins isn't sitting back there and just getting hit and trying to get the ball into some playmakers' hands, you know, getting the ball to Kittle down the seam and and hitting Richie James short and see if he, if he can break one. And Dante Pettis, we saw him hit that 75-yarder last week. So I, I think they're going to need some big plays from their receivers in a, a catch and run sort of fashion, because I think they're going to try to get the ball out of Nick Mullins' hands very quickly. And uh, all told, when it comes to the predictions, I just looked at that my bookie line. I think it was five and a half to start the week. It's at six now, so it looks like most of the money's coming in on the Broncos' side, even though you know they are playing on the road. So I think that's why that line might not be as big as, as I might have thought of earlier in the week with the way the 49ers are playing and the way their record is versus the, the direction that the Denver Broncos' season is going. But you know, and it's tough. I, I I definitely can't pick a win for the 49ers. So I'm going to have 34-24 Broncos over the 49ers. How do you see it? Oh, this is a tough one. You know, I think for the Broncos, you're playing a young quarterback in back-to-back weeks. And, and really, I think Kyle Shannon, the offensive staff, they're going to look at, okay, what did they do against this guy? What do you think they're going to do against our guy in Nick Mullins? And, and really for the Broncos, you have to find a way to get pressure on Nick Mullins. You mentioned last week that he was hit 15 times. The Broncos have to do the same exact thing. If they can do that, they can essentially control the ball defensively. I mean, the Broncos weren't really worried at all last week. When you go back and you watch the game, you know, the Bengals opened up the ball, running the ball very well for that first drive. After that, they didn't have a lot of success. The Broncos defense really buckled up. We saw Joseph Jones filling with inside linebacker for them. But I think in this game, you have to win the turnover battle. You know, the Broncos have done a good job the last three weeks of not turning the ball over. Case Keenum not throwing an interception and really not fumbling the ball. Royce Freeman had one fumble there. That was the only turnover in the last three and a half, four weeks for the Broncos. And when the Broncos have won the turnover battle, not turning the ball over and forcing turnovers, they've been forcing turnovers like crazy the last three weeks for you know across the National Football League. That's a good formula. So I, I look for the Broncos defensively, Joe Woods, to develop a, a very aggressive game plan. And I, I would see, you know, even a little bit, you mentioned some quick hitting stuff from Kyle Shanahan. I think we might see some disguises and drop in the zone and, and hopefully maybe try to intercept the pass. But really the key for the Broncos to win this game is running the football effectively with Philip Lindsay coming out and establishing that early on. And then being able to set the pass and the play action, connecting with Emmanuel Sanders and, and Cortland Sutton. And defensively, get pressure on Nick Mullins. Get sacks. If you can come away with three sacks in this game, I think you have a good chance to come out on top. It really depends on the situation for the Broncos in this game. You know, the, the locker room, the, the players are very focused. They're, you know, it's laser focused uh, for the bigger picture. That's kind of the mentality they've embodied. I, I think on paper right now, the Broncos do match up a little bit better, just given the fact that 
The 49ers have, you know, suffered a lot of key injuries at major positions. They're young. They're still trying to find ways to compete. But like I said, I, I think the Broncos on this one have a favorable uh, matchup advantage offensively and defensively. However, it's going to be very interesting to see how this matchup goes. I don't like giving predictions, but I'm going to say if the Broncos win, they do it based on getting to the quarterback and, and obviously having effective drives converting on third down. If the Broncos lose this game, it'll be because of turnovers. It'll also be because maybe giving up one or two big plays, which the Broncos have been prone to do over the course of the season. Not so much in the last three weeks, but they've gotten a lot better at that. That's kind of been an issue, though, if you go back through the earlier half of the season. Yeah, you know, it's funny because the, the more you go through this and, and talk to teams and, and talk to other hosts of other teams, it's it's a pretty common theme. It's like, okay, can you affect the other team's quarterback? That's like the number one thing, you know, and, and so seeing what the Broncos can do there and with those pass rushers, uh, yeah, that's it's going to be a key to the game. You mentioned turnovers. It's one thing the 49ers haven't done either. Their five turnovers through 12 games is the least since 1940. So that's uh, that's something they have not been able to do is get turnovers. So that's going to be a tough task for the 49ers to do the things that you mentioned to get themselves a W, which is why I had the, the Broncos winning this one pretty easily. Well, I certainly look forward to this matchup, Brian. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, for the Mountain Time guys like me, you know, you have a 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, 1.05 p.m. Pacific time up there on the West Coast. Very excited about this matchup. You know, it's tough when your team's struggling, but, you know, I think the, the motto, any given Sunday, it always reigns true. You can never overlook a team, and I yeah. know the Broncos – aren't overlooking the 49ers because the 49ers are still very capable of coming out there and shocking the world, playing really good football. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of something that we got to keep our eye on in this matchup. I look forward to live tweeting it. Brian, Ian Rappaport, my man, I, I love talking <laughs> football with you, man. I know we could probably do this for five more hours, but, uh, you know, we're going to let our fans obviously enjoy the rest of their day here on this crossover edition of the show. Uh, appreciate doing this with you, as always. Uh, if you're a 49ers fan, you want to talk – Football, Broncos with me, 49ers, anything like that. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And uh, Brian, can you tell Broncos fans how they can follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. And you can also go to Locked On 49ers for all your podcast needs and uh, tons of other articles and other content going up there all the time. You know what we got to do, Cody, for our next crossover? We got to get the real Ian Rappaport and the real Adam Schefter on with both of us and do a double crossover. I've been trying to do that. I've been hashtagging, you know, Adam Schefter, please see me. But, you know, <laughs> my attempts have been very unsuccessful so far. But, hey, I tell you what, that's a dream, and we're going to – we'll find a way to make it happen, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, let's do that, man. Always a pleasure talking to you, sir. You as well.